Yeah, buddy. Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 59, Thursday, October 10th, 2019. And I just want to say a special congratulations to the Washington Mystics on winning the WNBA championship just now, tonight, as I'm recording this. That team is such a great story, and they deserve their attention, everything that's coming their way. The WNBA is no joke, ladies and gentlemen. The talent level has gone up so much in recent years, and honestly, the overall product has really just improved. So it's been a lot of fun to watch that team this year. It's come a long way, the WNBA, since the days of Cynthia Cooper and the Houston Comets. Uh, With all due respect, I did have a big crush on Cynthia Cooper when I was a kid. So, Anyway... I'm going to keep this episode a bit shorter because there's so much going on right now. Earlier today, I sat down with my coworker Joe Rogers from Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News to break down some of the weekend's games. So I'll just cut right to that, and then we'll close out with an additional couple of plays. And then, of course, we will hear from the Doggy Juice Pod resident degenerate Danimal, who's on quite a tear right now with his podcast pick. So be sure to tune in for that. Okay, let's jump right into my interview with Joe Rogers. All right, we're back with Joe Rogers from Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News to break down a few of our favorite games on the college football week seven and NFL week six cards. How you doing today, Joe? Doing good. Just loving this time of year right now. Got uh, playoff baseball, a little NFL, WNBA, <laughs> college football. Can't forget about NASCAR. No, no, it's the best. There's in golf too. You had a golf article you put up this week. That's right. Yeah. It's, there's everything, man. Like I'm, I still like I'm on the the side that the best month in sports is March Madness, like through the the Masters. But like right now with because like college basketball is right around the corner, and I feel like stressed out because I'm not doing any college basketball prep work right now. But there's just no time for it at all. But it's about to be that time. Yeah, we'll make time here pretty soon. Yeah, we'll have to. We have to clone ourselves. Like, I know get, get get assistance or something like that just to run numbers and college hoops and stuff but uh That's right yeah but um yeah so this college football we're almost like nearly halfway done with the regular season which is nuts but uh yeah we got a few games to break down and the first one this brings me really great pleasure to say like I have not bet on my Iowa Hawkeyes all season long I bet against them twice and fortunate to cash both times uh, including last week against um or when they played michigan uh but this week iowa is catching three and a half at home against penn state and it was higher earlier in the week it was four and a half and i actually found some fives that's where i got involved for most of my investment i got iowa plus five but it's at three and a half currently totals at 42 and a half against penn state do what do you think about this game and i I already know where you're going to go with it but what are your thoughts on this one yeah i'm definitely in the in the train of thought of buy low, sell high. I mean, that's one of my favorite handicapping angles. And it was, wasn't was much lower than Iowa got last week against um, against Michigan. Flagged eight times, eight sacks, four turnovers, three points when going inside Michigan's 36-yard line. That's just uncharacteristic Iowa football. You know, that's not going to happen. And, and still, they only lost by seven and could have at least tied it at the end there. So, you know, this is a team that's facing an overrated Penn State team. We've talked to – I talked to Matt, Matt Lindemann at Circa. He 
thinks Penn State is a fraud. They've demolished weaker teams, but also got outgained against Buffalo, got outgained against Pitt, arguably could have lost to Pitt if Narduzzi wasn't <laughs> uh, an idiot there and kicked the field goal. But anyways, this is just a, a Bilo sell-high spot. Lions face, I was number, number three scoring defense, Sean Clifford's first true road start in a raucous environment. He played against Maryland on the road, but that doesn't count. This is Kinnick at night. Okay. Strange things happen. We saw last time that they they needed a walk-off touchdown. With oh, dude, don't remind me of that one. That was I remember. I, I was there. Twelve point. I think they were twelve point favorites in that game. Yeah. So yeah, they were. Is, I was not gonna. I. I mean, before before they played Michigan, they were really good at preventing havoc, and I think they get back to that that baseline. So I really like uh, Iowa. I got mine. Or I got Iowa plus four and a half. Not your five, but it's now down to three and a half. So look ahead. The look ahead or the games of the year line was Penn State minus two and a half. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely like – I still like three and a half. But I, I make the line closer to one. I don't know what you guys – what you make it at. But it's yeah. definitely – I definitely like four and a half, five, yeah. I'm, I'm literally right there with you. I have it around one in between pick them and one to be the technical. But, um, yeah, no, it's – anything at three or better really is is a good – anything north of three is, is a go here. And at four and a half, it was a great play, I think. Um, I, I agree with you 100% that – Brings back uh, bad memories for me. That Saquon Barkley touchdown at the end uh, two years ago, uh, another night game. I remember I was at John Barleycorn in Wrigley area uh, with a lot of my Iowa friends that night watching that game, and it was very. Dis- we were, it's an Iowa bar in uh, in Wrigley, and and uh, it was a very quiet bar after that play happened. But mm. I was I was a little happy because I cashed with Iowa in that one. So you know, I think yeah. most people in the bar didn't take the points, but. Uh, <laughs> But no, this one, I totally agree. This is a spot where Iowa, I think, matches up really well against Penn State last year. They were playing neck and neck until Penn State, um, I think it was a tie game at halftime. Penn State uh, held on to beat them. I believe it was a six point, yeah, 30 to 24 um, at, uh, in, at Penn State last year. So I yeah. I agree with him. This is just too many points. The simple numbers play really north of three. Um, just getting behind Nate Stanley in that offense and that Iowa home crowd on a Saturday night is, is worth more than three points for sure. Yeah. So, um, we're, we agree on that one. Let's move on to Saturday or actually game happening also on Saturday morning, the red river shootout, Oklahoma faces Texas. And obviously, as we know, Tom Herman is 947 and two against the spread <laughs> and the underdog role. <laughs> He's a, uh, for real, though, he's thirteen and three against the spread as a dog. But it's even better when you include his time as Ohio State's offensive coordinator. The streak actually really started then. Um, but Oklahoma's laying ten and a half here. The total seventy five and a half. I just got done today writing an article on this on this game up for Bet Chicago Bet Indiana News. And my takeaway on this one is I my my ankle is the texas team total over i'm seeing 31 and a half right now i think if it's at 31 that's where i really would get involved for a full position but i think at 31 and a half it's still worth a look uh it's just a, a spot where i think the teams well for, for starters the texas um defense the secondary is just shredded right now it's so banged up um they have cluster injuries their safeties their 
Um, see who they're missing right now. They have Caden Stearns. He was the first team all Big 12 last year. He's sidelined with a knee ligament sprain still. Cornerbacks Josh Thompson and Jalen Green, they're expected to miss more time. And then B.J. Foster, another one of their safeties, he's expected to play, but he's been dealing with hamstring issues. And that Oklahoma offense is otherworldly this year. They've been like it's putting up like video game numbers uh, with Lincoln Riley calling the plays and and uh, C.D. Lamb, their receiver. This, he's averaging over 24 yards per catch. And I think he's going to really take advantage of this Longhorn secondary. But the reason why I like the Texas team total is because Ellinger and the uh, Sam Ellinger and the Longhorn offense they can move the ball, and it's a spot where Oklahoma hasn't really seen any good offenses yet this year. And they always seem to play this game pretty close, but I don't really trust the Texas defense to stop Oklahoma. But I do think Texas can move the ball at a 31 in a shootout. I think that's a good angle. Do you have any any thoughts on this one? Well, you basically took all my notes. That, uh, I was gonna talk. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't even talk beforehand about yeah. this. So. No, that was spot on. I mean, honestly, Texas secondary hasn't looked good all season. They got torched by LSU, as as y'all know. And this was. Mm-hmm. They could have lost to West Virginia last week. I don't think people realize it wasn't a high-profile game, but if it wasn't for Austin Kendall's turnovers, they could have – I mean, they didn't cover. If you had 11 and a half, they didn't cover. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they got – if you look at if you look at Bill Connolly's advanced box scores, he tweets out, like, the advanced box scores inside the metrics, they, they very well could have lost that game. And – you know, Oklahoma hasn't really faced anyone good, like you mentioned. You know, I like to fade public perspe- public perception, public uh, trends. Tom Herman is an underdog trend, you know. But it, yeah. but at the same time, it's still a rivalry game that I I just it's a stay away for me. I make the line right right near where it's at right now. So yeah, same here, exactly, and like. I mean, the trends, they're, they're worth pointing out. And I'll, I'll say them right now just because I have them in the article. But it's its pretty crazy, the Tom Herman trends. When you think, and, and they actually get better the higher the spread is. Um, he's covered 9 out of 10 against the spread when catching 7 or more points. And he's won 6 of those games straight up. And then as a double-digit dog, Herman's 5-0 and against the spread. And that, that includes a game against Oklahoma last year. That Texas has covered 6 straight regular season games uh, in this matchup as well. And it's... You know, a lot of people are thinking, oh, no, it's a Texas uh, revenge game from last year, but that's not true because Oklahoma got their revenge. Or sorry, an Oklahoma revenge right. game from last year, but that's not true because they got the revenge of the, the title game. So I think it's a spot where maybe it's just a fundamental part of the matchup, but um, I agree with you. I'm not going to play the side at all, but I'm really interested to see the start of this one because um, mm-hmm. I think you maybe get get involved in running if it you know if you see any yeah, tip-offs. Yeah, that's, or, that's a great point. That's a great point. So that's uh, – that's a spot right. And, and another quick point on the over on the Texas team total. They've scored more than 36 in all five of their games so far this year, including 38 against that stout LSU defense, even though they gave up 45. I think it's a spot where that Texas defense is almost going to force the Texas offense to put up points on Saturday. So I'm, uh, it seems like we agree on that one too. So that's, that's two for two. Uh, let's move on to another game in college involving two top teams. Uh, but this one's not as close of a spread. We have Alabama on the road laying 16 and a half at Texas A&M. And this is another spot where it just pays to get on the market early because this one, uh, I found 18 earlier in the week and there's, it got involved in yeah. some 17 and a halves. But anything north of 17, I think, is is a good look on this game. But 
Um, I actually think it did take up to 17. Actually, now that I say that, I said 16.5, 16.5 before, but I think most yeah, I think places have moved to 17. Yeah. So I, I think it's a good look on AMM there, or it's it's worth a consideration. Uh, but I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that one? I mean, I make the line at 16, so a little bit of value on the home dogs. You, you wrote this up, and I think you mentioned Jimbo. He's really slow and methodical in the big games of late, at least mm-hmm. in what I've seen and disappointed so far. But good news for betters is he's got the boosters back, so he won't quit to try to cover the spread until the very end, like we saw against Clemson. <laughs> but, um, right, right. Yeah. What was that, six seconds left when they covered against Clemson, yeah. I think, with that touchdown? Yeah. yeah. That was like uh, – yeah. I was talking to Ed Sammons at the Westgate Superbook, and they were twenty thousand dollars. It was like a it was like a sixty thousand dollars swing on that on that last touchdown. So, wow, <laughs> wow, yeah, Pretty meaningless good. touchdown. But uh, yeah, this is it's another one that I have it right at the line. I mean, Texas A&M just just not impressed with what I've seen so far. So I, th- I mean, yeah. it's a lot of points to be laying at home, but at the same time, I'm not going to get in front of the Alabama freight train. Yeah. That's the problem. It's like at no point will I feel safe because even, I mean, A&M, from what I remember that Clemson game, they played it pretty tight at the beginning. Um, I was at a wedding that night, so I guess maybe I don't have the, the true, uh, the true understanding of what happened, but um, A&M though, like, I, I don't know. They, they've looked so shaky on offense to start this year. And I like that they've had two weeks to prep for this one. And this is a spot where Jimbo Fisher does excel, yeah. I think, but I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. But I think North is 17. It's, it's just a, a simple take. And uh, I, I kind of like, if you could find 10 in the first half, I've seen a lot of nine and a halves in the first half, but at 10, I think it's a good look to maybe take A&M in the first half. Um, could be worthwhile. But, um, all right. So let's close out college with, Another big marquee game. We have Notre Dame and USC. Notre Dame's laying 10 and a half, totals 59 and a half. USC's coming off a bye. Um, Clay Helton at the helm. I don't know if Clay Helton with extra time to prepare is worth much, but Notre Dame might as well be coming off a bye too after uh, shutting out Bowling Green 52 to 0 last week uh, with a, a historical point spread. You, uh, you have anything in this one? I just think it's another one where I don't really have a whole lot of. Uh an edge, so to speak, and make it right, right there at the number. Um, Clay Helton's teams, I mean, I don't trust, I don't trust Clay Helton. Two and 13 straight up, <laughs> three and 12 against the spread as an underdog on the road, seven and 14 and one against the spread. I do, I do like their air raid offense. So Notre Dame's a little bit banged up in the mm-hmm. secondary. The air raid with Slovis back, I think will give them a chance to stay within the number. But if if Notre Dame can get pressure, their offensive line's pretty weak. If Notre Dame can also keep them off the field by running the ball, they give up over four and a half yards of carry. So I think it's gonna be a time of possession battle where, you know, Notre Dame's gonna control the clock, but if USC can strike fast, they can sit, they can hang. Um, I don't have an opinion against the spread, but I think I think I have Notre Dame. What is the spread right now? Eleven. Yeah, ten and a half. Eleven. Yeah, I have Notre Dame closer to nine and a half. So, yeah, yeah pretty much nothing there. 
Yeah. I yeah, to your point about the the banged up Notre Dame secondary, I think USC actually does have the, the receivers to take advantage yeah. of that too. They have some really tall receivers like Michael Pittman. I know he's six four, and you know it's one of those spots where Slovis, the freshman, if he throws just throws the ball up in the air, there's a good chance that some of his receivers could come down with the ball. So if they are trying to play catch up late, they have a really good chance of of uh, backdooring this this uh, spread. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, all right, let's move on to the NFL now. Uh, last week. Uh, road teams fared really well again. Well, road teams through the first five weeks of the NFL season are 48, 27, and two against the spread. I think that stands out, something to keep mm-hmm. in mind going forward. But starting with the London game, it's the first NFL rematch of the 2019 season. You wrote about this at Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News. Uh, revenge spot for the Panthers because the Bucks beat them uh, in Carolina week two uh, as 6.5, six and a half point dogs. Uh, now they meet again in London Sunday morning or Sunday early afternoon in London, but totals 47 and a half. This one opened up around Pickham, but money on the Panthers immediately came in and uh, they're up to two and a half now. Do you have any, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I was really confused about what was going on with this line because look ahead was Panthers minus one. Um, Carolina didn't look overly impressive, beat the Jags, yeah. but the Bucks opened as a favorite in some spots. Um, uh, Chris Pinnacle, CG Circa, I mean, pretty respected places. The Bucks opened as the favorite, but then, boom, right away, Panthers slipped to two and a half. So yeah, it's just uh, that's a little crazy. But I think it's we talked to or you talked to Robert Walker, oddsmaker. Bucks are just a perfect example. Bucks are a yo-yo team. You don't know what yeah. they're gonna where they're gonna get. They're great against the run, but Jameis Winston is an enigma. Mm-hmm. But you have they have a terrible secondary, so it's just you don't know what you're gonna get. So if they if they take McCaffrey out, I'm not sure that Kyle Allen can beat them even with their terrible secondary. You know, you, he's just I, I don't trust him. He's, he fumbles a lot. They just got – Bucks are really good at forcing turnovers. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this, they, they seem to know each other well, even though there's, you know, a new new face under center for the Panthers. But I think it's going to be a tighter one. I would consider teasing the Bucks up, but with the game in London, the, that's a big uh, travel variable for me. So Yeah, I agree with you. I, I was looking at the Bucks on the teaser, but – just couldn't get myself to do it, especially with you know the Bucks defense, uh, leaky secondary. So it's, I stayed away from that too. I think this. I agree with you completely. I think this one's just in no man's land. Be an interesting watch. Are you, are you getting up early to watch this one? I will be. What will I be doing? Oh, you're standing yeah. up for a wedding. Um, yeah, yeah. No <laughs> wedding. The uh, so <laughs> afternoon wedding. So so this one I will be have a- to watch football somehow. <laughs> you gonna be that guy standing up at the wedding with his phone like looking down at his phone like yes you know, like, <laughs> trying not to react <laughs> yeah we've all been there um let's talk about another yo-yo team that robert walker mentioned he said there's a couple of yo-yo teams uh the bucks being one the other one the browns uh, they are catching one and a half 
at home against the Seahawks. And this is my favorite teaser candidate of the week. Mm -hmm. I teased them up to seven and a half at catching the points at home. I got it flipped even after adjusting the Seahawks last week and the Browns after their games. I've still still the Browns minus one and a half, which was the look ahead line just a week ago. Most books Browns were laying a a point and a half. So it's, I think getting that, getting that point and a half and being able to tease up is a great opportunity this week. I think it's to back to your whole buy low, uh, sell high thing. I think this is a perfect opportunity on both teams. I think the Seahawks are a little overrated by the marketplace, especially after their win on Thursday night football and the Browns, the exact opposite. Uh, you just saw two weeks ago, I was, you know, they were catching seven, even seven and a half against the Ravens and they beat the Ravens outright travel cross country, got the snot knocked out of them by the 49ers on Monday night football. And yeah, they, they are coming off only six days rest to the Seahawks 10, but Seahawks still got to travel. I think that, Market's overreacting on maybe that that uh, that rest angle as well. So I think the Browns are worth a look. I'm not going crazy on it because I don't have, you know, NFL. It's hard to find edges as it is, and it's not too much of an edge on my numbers. But I think it's a good spot just to get the Browns in a in a tough spot where everybody's selling them and, and they're reading the newspaper clippings and and I think they might have a little fire under them on Sunday. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think both of us were on the 49ers last week for the contest, um, and I'm going to be on the yeah. Browns. Spoiler alert for for the contest <laughs> this week. Um, but it's just, like you said, Same it here. was, it is my low sell high. I think Seattle's fake. I mean, would, would we be talking about this? Would, would the line be the exact same if Greg Zerloin made that kick? I mean, we're, nope. Rams, Rams were the, the better team in on Thursday night. Seattle was, I just, I hate their offense and, I think their secondary is fake. So this is a this is a game where Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward are expected back to the Browns. I agree with everything you said. So mm-hmm. no, yeah, I agree. It's not much of an edge. You know, if we're getting three, it would be real, real uh, nice investment. But they catching the points, getting a like money line plus money. It's a good look too. Just in a spot where I think they should be the favorite. So we agree there. Uh, Let's move on to a, a, one of my favorite matchups on Sunday. Uh, that's the Vikings and the Eagles. Vikings are laying three, but I did notice that, that Chicago Super Contest that we're in, they're laying two and a half in that contest. Mm-hmm. So I, I know I'm, spoiler alert for me, I'm taking them. But uh, Vikings, they're three in the marketplace. The total's 44. And the big thing here for me is the Vikings, the just how good they are at home versus away. I mean, they, last week they won in New York amid all those distractions with Stefan Diggs and everything going on in the locker room right now. It's been kind of a mess in Minnesota, but they went in and took care of business against the Giants. Um, and then now they're traveling home now to face an Eagles team talking about banged up secondaries. This is another one. Uh, that one's in shambles. And Minnesota, that home crowd, I think it's one of the best home field advantages that we see in the NFL. Don't have much of an edge here. I have the, I have the Vikings by uh, like point three in that rate like i think that's what i saw between four and four and a half so it's not much of an edge but at three just laying a field goal there's there's worse bets to make uh, on the sunday board i think but i don't know if you agree with this one i think that oh, it's a it's a pass for me i think that if the vikings try to force dalvin cook they're gonna run into trouble so they're they're a run first offense right and eagles front seven is the number one rush defense. We saw what Dalvin, what happened when Dalvin Cook went up against the Bears, held to just 35 yards. 
So this is, mm-hmm. but like you said, their Eagles' weakness is their secondary. So if Cousins and Diggs and Thielen can can expose that, I think that they can. Their defense is good enough where they can win going away. Um, so yeah. for me, it's they just have to change the, change up their their uh, play calling. One, I did an interview with uh, Sporting News, and I recommended Dalvin Cook. Uh, prop under 75 and a half rushing yards uh, just because of that matchup. And I think that they're going to have more success throwing and use Dalvin Cook as a decoy. So that was, that, that'd be my bet for that game. I, I like that angle, although he's on a lot of my fantasy teams this year. So I hope you're wrong, but it's okay. We just got to hey, coexist. He can just get two touchdowns, you know, two. One yeah. Touchdowns. Yeah. There you go. Just the goal line work. And then what's, what was the number you, you gave it out at or you recommend? Uh, 75 and 75. Yeah. So 74, 74 yards and two touchdowns, please. Uh, I know you like, you have another, you have an NFL game on the board that you really like, and that game's taking place in Jacksonville. What do you, th- uh, you want to take that one away? Yeah, this is a, a sell of the saints. Public's really fall in love with the saints, three straight wins, three straight covers. If you look into the box score, I see a team that's been outgained in two of three and basically picked on, the Bucks uh, slot corner MJ Stewart for Michael Thomas to go off for 182 yards. So the Jags, especially with Ramsey back, I don't know if he's going to actually play. The owner says he's going to play much stronger secondary than what uh, they faced last week with the Bucks. So Teddy Bridgewater, he was captain checkdown, but when we played the Bucks, mm-hmm. he was you know a deep passer. Well, that's how you beat them. So I expect him to come back to earth and be more of a short throw game manager. And I I like, I I really like Minshew Mania. I think it's real great matchup with the Saints secondary, especially with D.D. Williams, um, D.D. Westbrook in the the slot against P.J. Williams. Excuse me. That was another one that uh, I recommended D.D. Williams over, what was it? Over four and a half receptions, I think. So mm-hmm. that was one, but I like the, I like the Jags. It'll be, it'll be a contest play for me. Yeah, no, I, so I, I can't, just to add to your play there, I'm definitely leaning your way there and hearing you talk about it, it's making me like it even more like numbers wise. I have it pretty close to where it's at, but it's hard to pin down the saints power rating right now, just because of what you mentioned about, about uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And I can't help but think that this week they might just be sitting a little happy with those They've won three games since Breeze went down, mm-hmm. and they weren't expected to win, you know, convincingly at least. I know they were dogs at Seattle, but uh, and they won that one. But I think they might be sitting a little fat and happy in this spot potentially. And I really liked what I saw with the Jaguars, um, you know, fighting all the way to the end against Carolina last week. I really liked the, the fight that, the, like, the scrappiness that Minshew kind of brings to the team. It's almost like the team is rallying around his uh, him, like they're kind of taking his identity and. Uh, it's positive for that team. So I, I tend to agree with you here. It's just a, a spot where you can get on the Jags at the right time and maybe kind of fade Bridgewater at the right time too. Cause everyone remembers what they saw last and Bridgewater obviously looked really good last week, but every, I completely agree with what you said. He, uh, he beat the bucks in the way the bucks can be beat, but when, yeah, this when it comes was, down to it, this one is, I think there's respected plays across the market. Cause there's, you know, roughly 70% of tickets are on the Saints. Line hasn't moved. Yeah. 
at all. So. Yeah. yeah, I I agree. Might might be joining you on that one. Uh, let's close out with I don't have much on this, but I think this is a good one to talk about. Monday Night Football. The Packers are laying four against the Lions, and the Lions are coming off the bye, and Lions are looking really good. I mean, I, I was a buyer on the Lions at the start of the year, got their season win over six and a half, and and uh, feel a little fortunate right now that to be in the spot that they're at because I think they got Philly at a really good time. They beat Philly on the road outright uh, when Philly mm-hmm. was just at its lowest point, and um, but I, I still think the Lions. I still think this is a spot where I'd be looking to take the Packers. The at minus four, just because that home field at Green Bay on Monday night. I mean, I think the Vikings and Packers home fields are among the best in the league. You can make the argument that's easily over three points on a on a Monday night. And the Lions, that, that's essentially saying that these teams are close to equal. And I, I, I'm still not there yet. I've got this line clo- around six and a half right now. So I think mm-hmm. there's a little bit of value there. I think that's a spot where I'm going to look to take the Packers at minus four. And, and it's one of those spots, too, where the money line on those primetime games uh, – this is no, nothing new, no breaking news, but I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, but you get that sometimes on primetime games when the public's coming in more on, on the, the uh, underdog money line, mm-hmm. because obviously people want to people win more or pay less to win more. Right. Usually that opens up right before kickoff. It's some, it's somehow it opens up some favorite money line value, uh, just trying to get take back money with the public money coming in on the underdog money line. So I think it's a spot right before kickoff might look to play the Packers on the money line, but otherwise minus four, uh, I think is at least good for, for a half unit for me on Monday night, but I don't know. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that game? I'm going to go with the Lions here. So we might be finally head to head on something. Yeah, we might be against. All right. Um, it's just the Packers were exposed against the run and we didn't really see it last week against Cowboys because they fell down early and had to make this mm-hmm. incredible comeback that, Fell just short, but I really like this team with Galladay, Jones, Kerryon, Johnson. Good offense, good pass rush. Um, if Darius Slade plays, I still like it. I don't know, is Devontae Adams going to play? Do you know? Um, I think so, okay. and that's a good point because that would be a one point downgrade if he doesn't, or yeah, around that range. Lions three state covers. I think it's you see the Packers are, are a big public team, and oh, they're playing the Lions. You know, Lions still don't have that that respect. And so I think we see, we saw some, at least some sharp action coming because the line went from six to four and a half mm-hmm. and now some fours. So I don't know. You're probably going to get the worst of the number right now. You know, if you bet the lions or the best of it, if you take the Packers. So, you know, mm-hmm. the Packers might be the, might be the play right now for, you know, if you got it at, at six with the lions, I don't know. It, yeah. it, it and, just and goes back to the, the whole CLV thing. So, yeah. And I, your point about Devonte Adams, I just looked it up really quick. It's he is, he is questionable. And I can't help but think that that's part of the current market price. At least his uncertainties factored in a little bit, maybe like a half point for the roughly 50% chance that he's going to play. But, um, Oh yeah, it's it, Detroit off the bye week too is, is, uh, I don't know that that makes it a little more iffy, but, but, uh, that's a spot where I'm looking to take, I haven't put anything down yet, but I'm looking on the Packers, but, uh, when I talk to you and you're on the opposite side, it makes me definitely think twice. Too often, <laughs> for sure. Well, we can't all, we can't always agree, right? No, we, no, I gotta, we can't. I gotta, I gotta beat you in the, uh, or I gotta have a yeah, super contest. One, one way to <laughs> yeah. say ahead or, 
because I know you're going to pass me pretty soon anyway. So. Uh, it's a long season. I just wish we were one of those two guys that are like 23 and two in this, in the actual super contest right now. Hold yeah, it's ridiculous. It's nuts. All right. Well, I think that's a, that's all we need here. It's a nice little, uh, breakdown there. Uh, hopefully we brought the people some value. Do you want to get behind any like best bet or anything like that? Or are there any, you any wanna, plays do you want to, you don't want to talk through, uh, Rutgers, Indiana with me. Oh yeah. Let's talk through that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, and I'm not just saying this because i want to you know say i'm actually going to have action on a terrible game like the redskins dolphins <laughs> you know i'm not gonna be that guy but i actually have in my ratings an edge of nearly five and a half points on Rutgers. now what am i like i just go back to you know all the you know the mainstream power ratings like s&p plus you know um FPI, they're, I mean, they're in agreement. Like this, like, why is this, it should be closer to 23. For me, it's closer to 23. And so just let me talk this through real quick. So the big differential in the ratings, UConn, which I have about 10 points worse than Rutgers, was also plus 28 against Indiana, who by the way, hasn't laid this many points in a Big Ten game since 1980. And so, they, I mean, they've never been in this role. They they covered they covered the 28 against UConn, held them to three points, but they only scored 38 points only. But, you know, if Rutgers gets 10 points, 13 points, I mean, it's not going to take much. And they, Indiana hasn't covered. They've only covered one in the last five meetings. So, also the duffel boy better or duffel bag better. <laughs> he's got three hundred thirty thousand on this game already. So <laughs> he's not the sharpest cat out there. So, but but at the same time, Rutgers is, they're terrible and they've they've gotten outscored one hundred thirty to seven in three Big Ten games. Like, and I I'm just gonna be sick to my stomach. I mean I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait for a twenty eight and a half. I don't know if I'll get it, but I'm gonna bet it at twenty eight. And I'm just going to be sick to my stomach the entire game. Yeah, no, it's it's hard. The only thing I could think of with that line, and I, I agree with you because we, I know we talked about this on like it's like on Monday or Tuesday or maybe it was Tuesday, but um, about like because you asked me like where does where do your numbers have this game and and I I hadn't gone through the grading of last week yet, but if this game was played last week, I would have had it at 23, which is I know where you have it as well this week, and I've since gone through and it's hard to grade Rutgers right now just because of I mean, have they won a game? I don't, yeah, they won against UMass. But besides that, it's like one of those spots where is Rutgers just giving up on their season? I know you've mentioned that a couple of their players are are defecting from the team. So they're like a, mut- mm-hmm. a mutiny. And it's hard to price something like that in the line. And I think that could be the reason for that five-point discrepancy that we're seeing in our, our numbers versus the market numbers. Just maybe the market is factoring in that, that team mutiny. Maybe they're giving up on the season. And Indiana, you know, they're playing an Indiana team. That yeah, they I mean, just lay down to you know. Yeah, two of their best players asked to transfer. They already fired their coach. You know, it's yeah, this it's it's going to be bad. Right, it's going to be ugly. No, but this but, is a, someone's got to bet it. That's the same. You know, the yeah. bookmakers will welcome the odds makers will welcome your your action there. So I'll probably be joining you though at twenty eight and a half. If it, <laughs> it pops. And then if it's if it's twenty eight, it's day of. Probably going to take a little slice of that too. Let's be real. It's just. 
it's numbers. It's all numbers. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, when I when I, when they lose by you know when they lose by forty, then <laughs> we'll just have to rapidly adjust the other way. Yeah, yeah, and like. I don't like and, and just to put a bow on it. Like I usually like getting involved on outlier spreads like this too, just because like Indiana, like you said, hasn't been laying a spread like this in decades, and there's a reason why they haven't. You know, and it's and so when you see an outlier spread like this, it's I sometimes look to to get involved on the other side. So at least that's the way I like to look. But yeah, who knows? All right. Well, you got anything else? That was, that was really good. No, I was I was going to add, I was definitely agreed with your your teaser write up of Titans Browns. I would I would consider the the Lions as well, but I mean low total tease through the key numbers. That's that's perfect with the Titans game. I think. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, if, you, if, you're, if you're if you're going to do if you're going to do a teaser this week, the Titans are the textbook teaser play. Yeah, so. I agree. Agreed. It's with the low, with the low total across through three and seven. I'm doing it with the, with the Browns for the reasons we discussed before. Mm-hmm. So it's the way I'm going, but yeah, that's it. So anyway, th- thanks for coming on again. That was really good. And I uh, bring you on again soon to break down some more games. Yeah. Anytime, man. It's been great. Awesome. All right. Talk to you later. Thank you very much, Joe. That guy is seriously one of the best writers out there in the sports betting space right now. If any of you aren't reading him regularly, I highly recommend that you start doing so. The way he analyzes games and uncovers angles is really unique, so make sure to give Joe a follow on Twitter at RogersBC. That's Rogers with a D and then BC at the end. All right, so I'm going to finish up with a couple of best bets and sign off. But before I do that, let's hear what our pal Danimal, the resident doggy juice podcast degenerate, has to say about this week's card. What is up, everybody? It's the Danimal checking in for a quick one tonight. Mystics are at halftime. Very stressed out here. Tough, tough game five, winner take all. Giants end of the first quarter. They just punted the ball into the back of their own team's head for a Patriots special teams touchdown. Anyways, let's rattle off some Danimal winners for this weekend in college football. Iowa State minus 10, 10 and a half against West Virginia. West Virginia stinks, fading them all year. I really like Iowa State. Couple tough losses this year, but they're a very, very well-coached team. LSU, go Tigers, against Florida. Given 13, a lot, I know, I know. But I did see one stat that I did like, and I usually I don't follow these, but they say after a team, a top 12 team pulls off a home upset, and then they face another ranked team as an underdog the next week, they're 1-11. I mean, it makes sense. They're exhausted. They play their hearts out against Auburn. I just think LSU's too much. They win this by two touchdowns. After that, Iowa, plus three and a half against Penn State. I just think this is a must bet. Penn State doesn't beat anybody. If they go on the road and beat Iowa, so be it. Indiana minus 28 against Rutgers. Square, square pick, but I have to. Rutgers is on their ninth string of everything. They have players asking to not play, red shirting, everything. I got to take IU. South Carolina plus 23 and a half against Georgia. Plug your nose, 
probably don't watch a play. I think South Carolina keeps us in the number. Last college football game, Duke, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech over 49. It's my totals guy on covers. I don't know why. Georgia Tech stinks. Just take the over 49. Lastly, Sunday, thankfully, I'm running the marathon, so I can't just binge bet all Sunday morning. So I just have a couple games that I like. Tough slate in NFL. Rams minus three over the Niners. McVay, extra time. I think he I think he does well. That's a must-win game for the Rams. So I like the Rams minus three against the Niners. I like the Broncos minus one against the Titans. I think the Titans are very inconsistent, so I will take the Broncos all day. And then I like the Saints at Pickham or getting one against Jacksonville. I think Mentrumania is slowly dying. I love the kid, but they've just been in crazy wild games where he's making all these fourth quarter plays. So give me the Saints and Teddy Two Gloves against the Jags. And that is it. Go Mystics. Roselli, keep doing you. Danimal out. Thank you, Danimal. Of course, you went oppo uh, as Joe and I on Rutgers and Indiana and oppo on Joe on uh, Jaguars and Saints, but we shall see what happens. I do agree with Danimal's take on LSU. I definitely lean that way in that game. In terms of Iowa State, you won't find a guy who's more on the Cyclones bandwagon than me, but 10.5, 10.5 on that spread is actually even higher than I have that line myself. It's it's slight, but still, I have a, just a tick closer to 10. Uh, right on the dot so zero value on my numbers in that game but good luck to Danimal on that one and also good luck to Danimal on the Chicago Marathon this week and I can't believe you're still running those man but uh all right so before I go here are some other plays I'm on I'm gonna do this really quick and end the pod shortly here I like Arizona this week Daniel's alma mater I think that um I'm gonna need a full seven to get involved for anything serious but this is a classic spot they're going up against Washington and Washington knows it can no longer accomplish what it set out to do at the start of the year, you know, achieve its dream of making the college football playoff, even though they probably did have no chance in the first place, or a very slight one. In their minds, they think they did, and that's what matters for our handicapping purposes. Uh, so call this the dream crusher spot. I've heard people refer to that. I think R.J. Bell coined that phrase, or he claims to. But uh, Arizona, they're trending the opposite direction as Washington right now. They still have everything in sight that they wanted to do at the start of the year. Washington, dream crusher spot for them. So I like the way Arizona's been looking, uh, with Khalil Tate leading the way. I've been on that team. Uh, I was high on them at the start of the year. They didn't really you know, impress early on. That early loss to Hawaii really sucked. But they really started to turn it around, and uh, they're starting to realize that potential that I think they had all along. So liking Arizona this week. At 7, a full play. At 6.5, definitely reduce uh, quite a bit. It's not even a half unit. It's about a half unit play at that at that point. But uh Try and, try and find the seven. I also like Temple this week. Uh, this line is kind of in no man's land. It's around five and a half, six right now. They're getting, catching that many points. But um, like that, at any three, anything over three, uh, three and a half or better on Temple this week, I think it's a good spot to get on them uh, in a home dog spot. Speaking of dogs, ugly dogs this week with value. South Carolina, I agree with Danimal. We're simpatico on that one. Uh, really want 24 plus 24. I think if you wait around for those, you'll get those uh, on game day. But at 23, reduce the investment a tad. And um, I think diversifying your portfolio a little bit on that one with South Carolina first half is also a smart move in that game. And then finally, Florida State. Yes, Willie Taggart's squad. And yes, we're going to keep riding our first halves with him, Florida State. 
full game is fine too, but make sure you get some of that first half at plus 14 and a half or better uh, because Florida State, they're going up against Clemson. Uh, they're five and zero against the spread this year so far in first halves, and we have been on that on this podcast since week two. They were on by last week and didn't play. We have cashed all those since I started bringing it up. Uh, I was blindly playing on Florida State first half and against them second half, and it worked for a few weeks in a row until they finally uh, won a second half their last game. So. Uh, not looking to blindly play anything in sports betting, but it was an angle I was on. I don't think the market was really accounting for it. I think the market might have actually caught on a bit. But first half, Florida State, full game, Florida State. Uh, but make sure you you probably put a little bit more on that first half and isolate that that angle of not letting Willie Taggart's poor halftime adjustments sting you. So most importantly, enjoy the games this week. That is going to do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Doggy Juice. Enjoy the weekend. Good luck with your plays. I'll be back next week. Talk to you all later. Doggy Juice, out.